From the studios of Boise State Public Radio, I'm Gemma Cadet. You're listening to Idaho Matters. Finding affordable housing in today's economy, especially as a single parent, is no easy feat. And when you add going back to school to that equation, things can get hard to balance, which is why nonprofits like The House Next Door are working to provide so much needed support to moms in need, giving their families a safe place to call home. So joining us today to talk more about The House Next Door is Melinda Romeyer, Executive Director of the nonprofit. Melinda, really nice to have you on the program. Thank you. Glad to be here. So tell us a little bit more about your nonprofit and how it got started. Yeah, so The House Next Door um, was an idea that came from Reverend Kev- uh, Karen Hunter. She is the Reverend of Grace Episcopal Church um, in Nampa, which literally, um, that's why it's called The House Next Door is because it's right next to the church. And so Reverend Karen uh, saw that there was a need in our community for single moms um, who were coming into her church and needed um, needed safe housing. And so with uh, a generous gift from Matthew and Kristen McGuire, they're the ones who gifted the house to the house next door. And um, from there, it just became a, a huge need for our community. And it brought in so many single moms with their children. And happy to say that it's been probably about 26 moms that we have been able to help out since it started in 2015. Oh, wow. So Melinda, what kinds of situations are moms coming from when they find their way to the house next door? Yeah, so we've had moms who are fleeing domestic violence, uh, sexual abuse. Um, We've had moms who are young moms and um, they are still in high school. We've had moms who are in their 30s and leaving um, a marriage and would like to start all over again. So we've seen um, just a wide variety of of different demographics. Mm -hmm. And why was it important to your organization to to make sure that you provide support to women um, who are pursuing their degrees? Because that's also some of these moms that that you see, right? They're single Mm -hmm. moms, they're, they're trying to get their education. And I mean, as we all know, the cost of higher ed is is not exactly cheap. Yes. So um, in the Treasure Valley, we, you know, there's shelters for domestic violence. We have um, shelters for just women in general and their families. But there wasn't something that where we're helping single moms and not have any rent free, you know, rent free and continuing their education. So uh, Reverend Karen Hunter narrowed it down to what the specific need was in our community. And so um, they debated, you know, are we going to charge a little bit of rent or, you know, how how are we going to create this program where we're actually helping moms? And um, so we did rent-free housing. And then with continuing education, we we get referrals from BSU, from CWI. And those were the needs that uh, Reverend Karen Hunter um, when she spoke with all of the colleges that that was a need um, in the community. So that's why we did, you know, single moms who are continuing their education. Um, so my understanding, Melinda, and please correct me if I'm wrong, is that this program mm-hmm. is centered around communal living. And and I can only imagine that must help create such a sense of community because uh, I think even when you are in a stable environment, parenting can be, A, it's stressful. Um, yes. And 
be, I think it can be really lonely, right? I mean, I remember those days and I have every advantage in the world. And 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 it's still you feel, I mean, I remember just sitting in my house feeling so alone. So can mm-hmm. you talk a little bit about why the communal living model is so important to, to your program? Yes. Um, so the house next door has four rooms. And so each mom and their and their children have one room to themselves. The only communal part would be the living room, the kitchen, and things like the, you know, play area. So when we interview our moms, we find that they have no friends, that they are already by themselves and don't have um, a social network with them. So when they're coming in, we see in the beginning that they kind of isolate themselves because they do have their own room. But then Mm -hmm. we have weekly meetings and we have um, events and we have um, dinners where um, it's myself, our house manager and the moms, and we all talk and we get to know one another. And that there, I've seen that it starts their friendship. And now they're watching each other's kids. They are supporting each other. They are going out for coffee. They are um, having dinners together as a family. And so... um, I, I implemented that new piece as when I came in as a director, because I saw that even though they are busy in their schooling and in their work and, and, and trying to parent that leaning on each other is really important. Um, I have a Mm -hmm. background in domestic violence and sexual abuse and worked for the WCA for 12 years. And in the shelter, we saw the same thing where when you come in, you kind of isolate yourself for a few weeks and then slowly start building those friendships with other women that are in the shelter. So it was really important for me to implement something like that for Uh this nonprofit because I saw the success that it it had in the shelter for domestic violence. How long do these families usually stay with you? So there really is no expiration date. As long as you are continuing your education, you can stay in the home. Um, So say a young mom comes in at 18, she's just finishing up high school. She has a little one. She can stay there up until her master's degree if she'd like. Um, We would, of course, want to have a plan by, you know, after a few years to, Mm -hmm. um, we also provide case management to see how we are going to transition from rent-free housing to now you getting your own place. And so we really encourage our moms to start saving. Um, Our house manager is really great with um, working with the moms there. And we did have one mom who stayed with us for two years and was able to save the money she would have spent in rent and bought her own home for her and her son in notice. So, um, so yeah, that was one of our uh, really good success stories. Before I let you go, how can people help support the house next door? Yeah, so um, not only can you donate to the house next door monetarily, but you can bring in toiletries, you can bring in clothing, um, toys, books. Um, you can donate a house so we can expand. Um, you can be one of our um, sponsors for our rooms um, sponsor an event. Um, there, there are lots of ways and you can just go on our website, the house next door, nampa.org. Well, I want to thank you so much for taking time to tell us about your nonprofit. I really appreciate the conversation. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Idaho Matters. Boise State Public Radio and Idaho Matters are members of the NPR network. It's an independent coalition of public media podcasters. You can find more shows, the network, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Gemma Gaudette. 
We'll see you tomorrow. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, we're taking center stage. Introducing NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of Black-led stories from NPR's podcasts. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts.